What's happening, folks? Welcome back. It's episode 155 of the SoCo Show. This is the co-host, Cody Michael, and I'm joined, as always, by the SoHost, Seth Ott. Greetings. Greetings, indeed. Uh, and, of course, our third member as well. At Jared Buckendall. JB, welcome to the house. Uh, greetings. <laughs> uh, mommy. <laughs> Ew. Uh, mommy. You guys are so uh, mean. Greetings, mommy. I, every I really week, like feet. Every single week, I feel like I'm that freshman coming into a fraternity, and you guys are just, like, giving me shit every single week. I just want to be your guys' friends. That's all I want to be. And now I'm leaving. <laughs> and now I'm going home. <laughs> as I walk out the door um, with my uh, short shorts and my sweater tied around my neck. And a pizza in your pocket. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't, t- don't put the pizza in the pocket. Um, I will say this, that um, friends of ours will attest to that you got to be ready for the roast uh, if, you, if you're going to hang with Seth and I, because we're kind of dickheads. Um, and that's why we don't have very many friends. <laughs> so, uh, I would, I would suggest two things. One, uh, reassess whether you want to be our friend. And then two, if so, um, you know, come with it. Cause, uh, you know, we can make fun of Jared all we want, but we still, we still have Seth as well. The, uh, I mean, that's a pretty easy go to. So that's how uh, cool people it's talk. Not, it's not all in wonder. That's how cool people talk. He says, yeah, Duh, man, you want to go to the store? Duh. Duh. The uh, that was a really good impression of that. That sounded a lot the same. Um, so Jared, you are uh, you're coming off a big weekend. Dropped the Umbrella Academy ending explained. We're gonna talk Four a little times. bit about the show. Um, I I want to hear more about your experience with that video because I know you had a pretty hard time. I am uh, glad you brought this up because this was going to be brought up because my <laughs> my people out there, if you're unfamiliar with how YouTube works. They like to bend you over and get you right from behind every mm. single time. Um, <laughs> so these oh, <laughs> these ending explained poorly videos, you know, I uh, teased it last week and whatnot, spent a lot of time, uh, too much time to be honest, uh, stayed up till two, posted it, stayed up till like, you know, three or four watching it just to make sure it was still, you know, on YouTube, go to sleep, wake up, blocked absolutely completely blocked everywhere no one can watch it nbc universal was coming after me and the reason it was blocked is because copyright i apparently used too much of footage of theirs because i didn't realize that um nbc universal was part distributor of umbrella academy even though netflix you know owns Mm -hmm. it i guess or whatnot i don't know it was very weird so i went back and forth with them all day friday and completely re-edited this whole 23-minute video of mine. Completely re-edited the whole thing because I can't use footage. And then today, they came back and they're like, oh yeah, don't worry, copyright claim gone. So (laughs) the original one, I just apparently had to wait two days. I don't know, basically it comes down to the thing where if I didn't have a video up within the first, you know what, couple, couple days, um... 
people aren't going to watch it. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's kind of what happened is it was down the time that a lot of people had probably binged through season two for all of the spoilers and whatnot. So that was my weekend of me just re-editing, uploading, rendering video after video after video. And on top of that, my parents, who I haven't seen since February, came down to visit. So I am just ignoring <laughs> them to re-edit videos. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, on top of that, my parents, who I haven't seen since February, came and told me that they're getting a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would have been awful. Uh, <laughs> mommy. Came, yeah, I would be like, mommy. And my parents told me that I was adopted. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't have surprised me too much. It would have made a lot of sense, actually. So that was my fun weekend. Man, that sounds like a, that sounds like a, a bitch. I will say this: uh, I watched the video myself, because uh, I, I was one of those people that did binge through um, over the first day or so that it was on, uh, and addict. I really enjoyed it. Uh, gave it the old thumbs up on on YouTube, and uh, I would encourage all of you guys out there head on over to that page specifically. Um, you have no idea how much it helps to have a like <laughs> on a page. And for as much as a nightmare as this has been, um, go and give JB a nice thumbs up on that one, especially yeah. if you've already seen. Well, Umbrella I mean, Academy. want to enjoy a yeah. genuinely good video, but also, you know, help your boy out with a thumbs just, up. Just, just a huge <laughs> kick in the pants. But thank you for checking out, Cody. Um, you know, there was some good that came out of it. You know, someone that uh, is, is a much higher profile via YouTube that I've never actually talked to, but watched his videos. Um, his channel is called Heavy Spoilers. Um, he reached out, and now we're kind of uh, chummy, I guess. So at least Ooh. it came, like, I, I made a contact or networked with someone at least from um, all of the the just horrible weekend and, you know, the, the disarray I was running into. There you go. Make that network. I like it. Um, wow. Wow. Well, uh, th- let this also be a reminder. At Jared Buckendall. Get on over there and follow uh, and subscribe to Jared on YouTube so you're getting not only the end explained poorly videos, uh, but all Jared's reviews and all the other ridiculousness that's going on over there. Um, I'm going to jump into the start of the show bef- in just a second, but before I do that, want to remind everyone, uh, we teased last week that we'd be making a major announcement this week. Uh, we are going to do that. We're going to do it at the end of the show. So you got to hang on. You got to listen to a little bit of us uh, dicking around for a bit. And then big announcement at the end. I guess if you're impatient, you can skip ahead. But um, big announcement at the end of the show today. So don't don't bail early on this one. Uh, hang out until the end and, and you'll know what's coming down the pipe from SoCo here soon. And actually, uh, that's all a lie. The only way you're going to hear this announcement is if you uh, hit the contribute button on Anchor. Um, so go ahead and, and sign up, contribute to Anchor, and you'll get the big announcement. There you go. Yeah, only the Anchor Wankers are getting the Anchor Wanker! <laughs> anchor Wankers in the house! Anchor Wankers are staying forever. That's, yep. that's going to be a thing. The Anchor um, Wankers, they, they, they don't get teased. They get the full completion. That's oh. right. That's right. Yeah, we don't, we don't make the Anchor Wankers wait. Yeah. Um, but I guess they do kind of need to until the end of the show. So anyway, mm-hmm. everybody's waiting. And even the anchor wankers. No, um, except for one the of them who's on the show and already knows what they we're send us about. $50. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> so like I said, hang on to the end of the show so you can get the news. Um, we had a lot of other stuff to talk about as well. A ton of reviews. We got six or seven movies here and we'll talk a little TV as well. 
Um, but before we get into any of that, we got to hit you with some chic tweets. I call you a punk. So last week I had three uh, of them, and I kind of I, I jumped the gun a little bit because uh, we recorded shorter between this week and last week. There was fewer days, and so Shiki didn't have a a, a whole lot of tweets. Um, so I'm having to go back to around the time last week because he had such gold. Um, but I fear that I may have blew my load on the Sheik last week. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. Um, but uh, no, so hopefully this isn't a repeat. I, I think I remember the three that I that I um, had read last week. But just in case, this may be a repeat accidentally, and um, I screwed up this whole segment. Um, but it's uh, the Iron Sheik is uh, just given a broad. Uh, a broad statement, a broad warning to uh, to to a, just a a whole group of of organizations. He says, "Dear companies, you are all jabronis." <laughs> Dear companies, you know who you fucking are. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I like to think he was talking specifically about Jack in the Box. I think, <laughs> I think he wanted Jack in the Box to know that they're a bunch of jabronis. That's what Why? I choose to take away from that. Do you do you have Why? something against yeah Jack in the Box? Uh, I think it's the mascot. Because uh, I've eaten the food, the food's fine. The mascot though, he's a jabroni, and he. When I think of the company, like that's who I'm thinking of is that guy, mm-hmm. the mascot. He's a jabroni. Well, I mean, he's definitely uh, pretty crazy because it's just like, hey, uh, give him a taco as a side. You know, they're kind of there's no rules over there. It seems like they have Jack in the Box is what would happen if you gave a stoner access to that thing in star trek that makes food <laughs> they would just be like hey what the fuck you want a taco <laughs> have some french fries with that yeah and, and then he's uh, a new, new yorker now here. hey give me a, a, a nice taco <laughs> swing on over we, hey, got Spider-Man. We, got, <laughs> we got new york slices as well oh, you mess wow. with one pizza you mess with all the pizzas <laughs> you mess with one food group you getting all of them at jack in the box oh man Jack in the box. So that's who I think. Seth, who is a who is a company jabroni? Who are you? Who do you think they're they're steering this at? Uh, I mean Amazon's a pretty heavy target. Um, I think I think they're a jabroni right now, uh, especially <laughs> especially because they're delaying all my goddamn packages. They say they're going to be here in one day, and they end up here in three days. So fuck you, Amazon. You're a jabroni. Wow, it's not even worth getting it. Uh, AudibleTrial.com/soco. By the way, folks. Um, Jared, what's a, who's your jabroni company? Is it Universal Studios? (laughs) (laughs) You guessed it. (laughs) Oh, wow. All right. Well, all you jabronis at Jack in the Box and, uh, and Amazon and, and Universal Studios, uh, you, you guys can, can go fuck yourself because you need to be humbled by the, by the chic. I call you a punk. Alrighty, let's shout out our sponsors here. The aforementioned audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Uh, Audible is not jabronis, even though they are uh, an Amazon company. But uh, if you hit their link in the description box, you're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free! Mathis Designs, head over to etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. 
And of course, Mike's Wood. Head over to etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed to get your woodworked. Uh, uh. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, let's go over to a... <laughs> Up next, after Gary Busey's pet judge, um, we are going to cut now to a, uh, a previously recorded ad that I hope is decidedly less sexual than that last thing was. Okay, good. I think we were able to get through that without crazy noises. Um, good job, wankers! Yes, shout out to the wankers. Uh, if you're an anchor wanker... We appreciate your regular contributions to the show. We're talking to you, Mike V, and you, Jared B, and you, Anna S, and you, KCC. Y'all have been holding it down for the show. We appreciate what you guys are doing for us monthly. Uh, if any of you others out there want to become contributors, head on over to the Anchor page, click Become a Contributor, and become choose a wanker. the right for you. That's how you become an anchor wanker. Wanker. And, uh, you'll get weekly shout-outs on this show. Um, I don't know. Maybe we, should, maybe we should come up with some ways to sweeten the pot. I don't know. But... Um, other than that, you'll get you'll get good vibes from us in addition to getting your name set on the show. So become an anchor wanker today. If you cannot become an anchor wanker, that's okay too, though, because um, every listen helps the show. So as long as you're clicking on these, listening to these episodes, and sharing them with friends, you're doing good work. So we appreciate all of that from all of you. All righty. Uh, let's jump into the main of the show. And we got a couple kind of quickie topics that we're going to talk about for just a bit before we dive into reviews may end up being a short show today. Um, he said, no, oh, every time he says that we go crazy. Three hours. <laughs> I want you to put an intermission in one of these shows. Uh, 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 fuck. Actually, we've had a couple shows that probably deserved an intermission or should have had, we've had at least, we've had a couple shows that were like as long as blade runner 2049. I think we've had at least so three days, days, but faster yeah. paced. They fucking feel like, yeah, faster paced. We got a lot more done in, th- in two and a half hours than Blade Runner 2049 did, in my opinion. But um, that's besides the point. Here's how we have a long show. We start a debate right now, and I'll start it. You know what the most overrated movie franchise of all time is? It's a tie between Star Wars and Spider-Man. All right, here we go. Okay. <laughs> well, fortunately for Seth, uh, I have spent my life getting ready for this debate. So... Uh, exhibit A, I will say, um, each of the last, uh, at least two Spider-Man movies have grossed a billion dollars. So you can't be overrated and have multiple billion dollar, uh, um, entries, Seth. That's my first point. Do you well, care that's what makes it? them overrated is because too many people go to them and see them and they're not really art. <laughs> <laughs> they're not really art. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, then, in that case, I would point you to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which has a revolutionary animation style that's going to be copied by everyone else and already has started to be. Um, So that seems pretty artistic to me. And I have at least three pieces of art uh, featuring Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse characters in my own house. Yeah, well, that's... Art, check. I said a film franchise. Uh, That is a cartoon that you referred to, sir, so... (laughs) That's a cartoon, he says. (laughs) Hey, it's one of those cartoons. Oh, wow. Well, uh, Seth, what 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 are some what are some properly rated movies? What's a movie that is um, that you don't think has gotten its due? That oh, should be elevated above, say, Spider Man, for example. I mean, like if Spider Man is overrated, what's underrated? What's underrated? Um, well, I would probably say the uh, the Transformers franchise um, that needs that needs more recognition. Um, and probably 
the I think the room the room franchise um which the is, one with uh, Brie Larson yeah no that's room um I'm saying <laughs> the room with Tommy Wiseau and um the disaster artist that's its own film universe because Tommy Wiseau appears in it so um those two probably Okay, well, I would actually agree with you on both cases. I think both of those uh, entities deserve more love. In fact, just, uh, was this last night or the other night? It was yesterday. I wanted to, I needed to get pumped up um, for, I was, well, I can, I was taping an audition tape for something. Um, And I was, I needed to get pumped up. I needed to like get my blood pumping and get like psyched up to like get my blood going so I could try to act. And, uh, And I was like, okay, what are some like badass like film scenes that get me jacked up. And one of them that I watched was from Transformers 2. It's oh, okay. the one where uh, Shia LaBeouf gets shot out of the car and uh, Bumblebee unturns into a robot and then fucking grabs him out of the air <laughs> and then turns back into a car. And it's like so sick. So I, See, I'll, I will defend Transformers. I do, I, it thought, all, I do it often. Well, you were saying you're getting ready for like an audition tape. I thought you were going to say, <laughs> I thought you were going to say you're standing in, in front of the camera going, I did not hit the, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I didn't say what the part was. <laughs> if, yeah. I was going to say, if you're getting ready for an audition tape, mine personally would have been the scene from American Psycho where he's flexing in the mirror. <laughs> I did recently rewatch that and I fucking love that. <laughs> that guy is hilarious. Oh, wow. Until he, you know, murders those people. Oh, hi, Dougie. That's a pretty funny movie. <laughs> oh, hey, Dougie. You're my favorite customer. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, well, I've successfully won that debate that we didn't plan for. So um, let's uh, let's go on to a couple things that, that we had on the list here. Um, and let's use some sounders this week because uh, the first bit of news is from TV. That's what she said. TV. We don't get to use those very often, so I thought I'd crack them back out. Um, news out of the TV world. This is big time stuff. Um, Ellen and the Ellen show, um, under fire recently for, I guess, some pretty toxic workplace accusations, um, that go back quite a, quite a bit of time and seem like they're well-founded. Lots of examples of this have come out. Lots of people coming forward saying they were mistreated at the workplace. It's been a little mixed, uh, in terms of what we think Ellen herself might've known, um, but a lot of the fingers are being pointed at three of the um, producers of the show who it sounds like we're doing kind of blackout bingo for uh, bad workplace activity. And uh, and sounds like it made it a pretty toxic environment, which is pretty strange to see around Ellen, which is, you know, pretty popular for spreading positivity and the like. Uh, Jared, what was your reaction when you when you saw some of this? Were you surprised at what you heard? Or I think you had mentioned before that there's been rumors of this kind of stuff for a long time, but none of them really seemed to, to stick until now. Yeah, I was. I mean, I, I guess I'm one of those people that um, I'll, I'll see headlines and stuff, and that's kind of what uh, had happened the last, what, couple days. Um, I'm, I'm not too up on this story. I know that you can, uh, we talked about it a little bit before going on the air. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily this surprises me um, because I had said, you know, there's that whole thing. And it's not it's not a blanket statement to everyone, but it's like, hey, once you're given so much kind of fame and power and stuff, you kind of potentially might abuse that. Um, and again, maybe you can fill me in on the specifics of everything that's going on. But do you think – actually, I'm not going to get – that's too far into this conversation. Um, can you – do you have the specifics for me? 
of what what she's uh, being yeah. accused for or these producers or is it a thing where it's the producers and since she's the name head of the show it's falling on her I think there's some of that um and I think a lot of what Ellen is getting uh toward herself specifically is that you had to have known about this going on and you didn't do anything gotcha. I, I don't think okay. it's that Ellen I haven't read a lot that Ellen is like actively participating in any of this activity, but I don't know, that doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't happening. So I, I just haven't seen that. I'm pulling up this article and it's it's gonna give me, it's gonna give my computer a challenge. Um, but let me see here. <clears throat> challenge accepted. Okay, so some of it, um, let's see, This there was an article, Buzzfeed, I guess, was kind of the, some of, broke some of the biggest stuff here. Um, and they said there were dozens of men and women, this is a quote, dozens of men and women who work behind the scenes um, alleged sexual harassment and misconduct by top executive producers and that that activity was running rampant at the office. So that was a big thing. Um, let's see. All of them said that they found, all of them say they found their experience behind the scenes to be in contrast to what the show makes a profit off of. That's another part of this that's so damning is, you know, they they claim to be the show that's all about positivity and to hear that this is what's going on behind their their doors you know where they make the show is all the more concerning to me um let's see so it's a lot of uh it's a lot of former employees and they're basically saying they want to see a change in the workplace environment but what we're hearing now guys is that um this may actually lead to Oh, I'm scrolling down here. There's racist comments and micro uh, microaggressions is another thing. Some people of color were saying that they walked off the job um, because of some things that were said and done to them. Um, let's see. Obviously, the people involved, the executive producers, are denying any sexual impropriety, impropriety, or anything like that. Um, they're saying that some jokes may have been taken out of context and they're, you know, they regret that that may have been the case. So that's kind of a non-apology from them. <laughs> right. Um, but there's just, it's, it's a lot, it's just a little bit of everything here. Um, <clears throat> but what we're, what we're hearing now is that this could actually result in the cancellation of the Ellen show. It's that serious. And that's some pretty big news, Seth, for the TV world in general, because Ellen's been such a stalwart in daytime for God, how long now? Um, yeah, Ellen has been around for quite a while. It's, I mean, I remember coming home from like at least middle school, if not earlier, and like my mom had it on and stuff. So probably like, I mean, it's been 20 years. I think I think they had their 20 year anniversary recently, which is pretty nuts. Um, maybe it was even longer, 25 years, because 20 years, it'll, no, 20, 20 makes sense. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. But yeah, uh, she's been around for a while and has always been the person about positivity and um, doing her dances and stuff like that. And people get all excited and she gives away a lot of stuff and tells a lot of great stories. But yeah, I mean, I've been hearing for the last probably five years now that she's like a super mean person and like kind of looks down on people and stuff. So I don't know who knows, but yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see if they actually replace someone to put in her slot or if it's going to just be, you know, they just cancel it because you know that she's kind of like the last staple in daytime TV, like that. You know, like after after work daytime. You know, like that type of 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 show. Like it's really just the late night shows and like your Comedy Central, HBO, like those type of people. You know, you don't have a lot of these daytime shows like that. And it's really just because of her name that that's around. So, you know, if she's gone, then you know, I think that's 
that might be the end of that daytime. It might just be nighttime and, and you know, specialty shows like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a market that is, uh, it's been challenged, but there is, it is still there. There are still shows. And I want to, you mentioned a replacement for Ellen, and I want to come back to that in just a second. But before that, I'm curious as to your guys' thoughts on this, because I think one of the, I think one of the most egregious parts of all this is that when when you talk about a bad work environment, and we've seen this a lot with me too, um, and it's in do? the film and it's in the film and TV industry. Um, can you not hear me or something, Seth? What were you saying? No, you said and you, you said and, and I and you see this with me too, and I'm like, what'd you do? <laughs> oh, <laughs> jeez, no. Um, is that a lot of times activity like this goes on for so long because people are afraid to report it because they're afraid to lose that job or lose their connections within the industry. So I'm curious, um, for you two guys, if you, if you were like, let's say you were trying, you were, you were at a first job and you were like a low man on the totem pole, like entry level position, but you were doing something, you know, if it were in TV or film or, or in some other industry that was like your dream industry to be in, and you saw some of this start to happen, do you think you would you would feel like you needed to go along with it and say that it was okay and not raise a fuss because you want to keep that job and stay in the industry that you work so hard to get into? Do you think that's playing a big part in here? Would it you for you guys personally, would it? I think it's um <clears throat> it's it's definitely that industry, that business, the world that they live in, I think it's completely different than anything we've been exposed to. Um We've worked in office desk jobs, so I think in my opinion or in what I've worked in, I've I've said stuff or you know brought it to maybe my manager and then they go up, but in that realm, it's kind of like you have to keep climbing this weird ladder of social class almost as well. So, I mean, I would, but it's this weird thing where I can see why people wouldn't. And I think it kind of depends too because it's like um, – and, and what you're even seeing now and with – it going into the the um, entertainment industry is that there's a line. I think. I think if we're all working towards our dream job and we see someone treating someone shitty, just being like the simple like maybe maybe like just the way they talk to him, like demeanor, like get the you know almost talking down to them in a way, like get the fuck out of here, go go to fucking work or whatever, you know stuff like that. I think people are gonna you know be like, oh that that person's shitty, but what can you do? But it's now it's like with the line here with like Ellen, it's like it's finally gotten to that line of like you're hearing like race stuff and like that type of thing where it's like now you're crossing into like like hate, you know, like hate crimes. I think that's where the line is, honestly, when it comes to something like that in in the entertainment industry, because it's like people are treating people shitty all the time. Like Jared, you mentioned, it's a social class thing, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't think there's anything anyone can do about that. But when it starts getting into like race when it starts getting into like sexual misconduct that's when that line i think that line has finally moved to that place in the entertainment industry where it's like when you see that now yes people need to say something but just the basic like treating someone like a peon just because they're a peon is like (laughs) that i think that's still probably going to be acceptable just not acceptable but you know it's not going to be told on because that honestly that's the way it is in the real world too and in a lot of settings it's Mm -hmm. like if someone's a you know a peon and they get treated like a peon, then it's just how it works. And but when someone is being sexually harassed or doing the harassing, I think that's when you're starting to see more and more of that stuff come out. Um, not mm-hmm. to veer this in a weird way, but what the hell is a peon? 
<laughs> it's some. It's like a. It's like a, someone who just is there to. They they do the grunt work. They're okay. They're, okay. they're a lackey. You know, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, like no, Seth, I, th- I think I totally agree where it's like, you're still going to get the dickhead, you're still going to get the biatch, um, you're going to get the director that's really just rude, mm-hmm. but when it does start diving into those other issues where it's like, oh, that's a thing that, you know, yeah. and, and I don't even know how Hollywood HR works, I mean, that's that's a whole different thing, which... I'm not. None of us are exposed to. But yeah, I think that it's it's totally a thing when it starts diving into that. Which that's what it sounds like. This Ellen show, towing like the the we're just seeing the little bit of what could be the whole iceberg of what what could come crashing down for this show. Um, mm-hmm. Sure, you could be you could be the head of the talk show because I think uh, an example is like Steve Harvey. He says no one talked to me like before the show, mm. and maybe that's just how he gets prepped for it. I mean, it comes off as a dick, um, kind of an asshole comment, but yeah. that's his method of getting into you know the zone. And I heard the story behind mm-hmm. that too. Is like he just he just kept like people would keep bringing people backstage and like trying to meet him, and he would do it all the time. He'd be he'd be like. Um, you know, like a, a friend or someone who works on the show would be like, hey, my dad's here. Was it cool? If, you know, he stops in and says hi. And like he was doing that over and over and over again. And it just like kept getting like building up to where there's more and more people coming before the show. Just and exhausting. So, yeah. And finally, like he's like, I, I'm not I, I'm not going to if one person's going to ask for this, I'm not going to like you're just going to I'm not going to make an exception anymore. It's just like after the show or not at all, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's too, and for them, I don't even think that Harvey's a dick for that. I think that that's, he's got to do his job too, you know? Yep. Um, so I think that's reasonable. And I think even, you know, when you're talking about actors, and I know it's a it's a a running joke or whatever, but yeah, you got to do some dumb sh- shit sometimes to get into the zone to be an actor and, and to try to do what everyone needs you to do. So you can't be, you know... Uh, and that, that's, that's what actually leads into this next question because, and before I jump off completely, I think what you guys are driving at there is important because I would bet that at this workplace, I bet early on, these were like the kind of shitty people and you, you just dealt with them. Mm-hmm. I would be willing to bet that over time. And this is to your point earlier, Jared, as the mm-hmm. show gets really successful, as these people gain more power, they start pushing those lines further and further back until they start crossing them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious as to what you guys think Ellen's responsibility is in here. So we haven't, there have been kind of those anecdotal stories about Ellen kind of being a dick. That's not really what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about because her name is on the show and her face is on the show. Do you think she needs to take responsibility for all this? Or is this a world, is there a world where, where you think in your opinion, Ellen could step back from this and say that was them. I'm separate from it. Or do you think she's stuck to this no matter what she wants to do? (sighs) That's it's a that's a that's a tough question to break down because sure if she's playing into everything or potentially setting the vibe the tone of everyone else because she's kind of you know the leader so whatever she's doing is going to kind of spread or be the example for everyone else um if she's involved then yeah obviously take responsibility um high up officials or like producers and whatnot that she's potentially close with or sees and whatnot then yes but if it's coming down to, and I, from what it kind of sounded like, it was, you know, those higher up people. It wasn't like a random PA or whatever. Like if it's, you know, the craft services person, it's like, well, she didn't mm-hmm. know. She, it's like someone's coming in and, you know, just bringing in, not bringing in the vegan food and being a dick about it. But um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think it's very much a kind of case by case type thing. I mean, to if you want to cover 
all PR just to be safe is, yeah, she comes out and takes, you know, says, I'm sorry for this. I, I, I didn't know it was happening, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think if, if you're at the position she's at where she's running the whole thing, she knows something's going on. So, you know, it, it's it's one of those things. It's like you can make as many excuses or as many, you know, whatever, you know, to try and cover yourself. But that's one only going to make you sound bad because it is like your show. Like you it, it, from like you said, the sounds of it is that it's it's people who aren't in charge and stuff. So if it's people that are in charge, it's people that she's put in charge. It's, you know, she makes those decisions. So she knows, she, she knows something's going on. There's no way you can spin it. That doesn't make you look like you, you know, that, that, that you're just not trying to cover something up. So you, you, even, even if she didn't somehow didn't know, even if she come out, comes out and says, I didn't know this is going on, you're going to look bad. So mm-hmm. you, you have to at least apologize for not be at least you have to apologize for something here and i think that at at the very minimum you have to apologize for letting it happen in one way or another Mm -hmm. and i i suspect that she will i i would be surprised if ellen pulled a heel turn here and uh and didn't accept some (laughs) responsibility um i think now i i saw i just happened upon a clip today of i don't remember even what context i saw it in but it was a clip of kevin hart and he had gone on Ellen to apologize after he got kicked off the Oscars. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking now, like, if I'm Kevin Hart, I'm calling up Ellen and say, hey, let me interview you now because you fucked up. Um, you know, are, are we going to make Ellen go through all the things that people go on her show to do? People go on her show to apologize after shit like this. So what's she going to do? What's that going to look like? Um, I'll be interested to see. I'll be interested to see. I think, though, as we kind of wrap up this... Um, the thing that, that I always have to remind myself of is that, yeah, this is, it's TV, it's movies, it's Hollywood, it's all that. But at the end of the day, it's people, it is people's jobs too, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to, to have to work, I mean, we've all, I think at some point worked in a job that we hated because our boss was a dick and having to do that in that industry where you don't really feel like you have the option to escape from it in any meaningful way, um, must be really taxing. So I'm, I'm hope I'm hopeful that all the people that had to work under those conditions find new work. And that they're not too harmed by all this. They're the people that I worry about. Ellen's going to be just fine. Man, what if what a saying Helen or Helen? Ellen is uh, yeah, she she they, she just does a new show where she like she's Helen now and like changes her hair color. She's, and, like, she has, yeah, accent. she has brown hair now. <laughs> yeah. Um. What if what if Ellen did do like a complete one eighty instead of like apologizing? She just she just did like a TikTok video where she like she like. It starts off apologizing and then she like flips the camera and goes, "Pitch better have my money." She's like, <laughs> she's like throwing money around, being like, "I don't give a fuck." <laughs> She'll pull the uh, Conor McGregor. I want to yeah. start off by saying I'm sorry to absolutely no one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I fucking love that shit. Oh man. Um, well, we'll see what happens uh, with Ellen, Ellen, and all this is going to keep de- developing. But here's what I'm curious about, guys. Let's assume for now. Uh, in a hypothetical world, Ellen's gone. All right. The show is over and America needs a new daytime talk show host. That's going to carry the beacon for happiness and for positivity and, and really, really making everyone smile during the day. Who are you nominating to take over that responsibility from Ellen? If it can't be her anymore. 
So I saw a suggestion online, and this isn't my top one, but people were saying don't even change the change the title of the show, I guess, and get Eric Andre in there and just do his thing. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys are too familiar with the show. I've only seen clips, and it's very off the walls and whatnot. Um, the one that came to me, though, when we were sitting here and thinking is uh, Mike Tyson. I think that that would be <laughs> perfect. Daytime television talk show. Let's do this. Fuck yeah. I'd watch Iron Mike interviewing everybody. I think that'd be hilarious. See, I'm I'm thinking, and I mean, he's already talking about TV in it. I'm thinking Superhuman takes over. <laughs> <laughs> this is Superhuman TV show, and today I'm going to jump off of this ladder and then interview John Mulaney. <laughs> <laughs> is it bad that I can picture that, like, like clear as crystal? Oh, wow. I would watch the fuck out of that, dude. I really would. <laughs> wow. That would be awesome. Um, I think for mine, and I, I guess if I take the answer at face value, if I, were, if, I, if, I were, if I wanted to make a joke, I would take longer to do it. I haven't thought of a good joke for this yet. But um, if I have an honest answer, who would be good in, in, instead of Ellen on a show like that? Um, Brie Larson came to mind. Um, and mm. I know that, I know that there's some internet haters of Brie Larson out there, but in general, everyone pretty much fucking loves Brie Larson and she's so cute and she has a great smile and she seems to like interact well with other Hollywood people and she's relatable and, and fun. And I think based on what I've seen of her in interviews on other shows, and I think she hosted Kimmel or Fallon Yeah, for it was a bit. Kimmel, I believe. Um, and uh, and any any chance that we all get to see more Brie Larson, I'm all for. So that would be my actual nominee if I had to pick another one. But I would rather her be in movies than do that. So I hope that that's not what happens. But she, I think, could handle it. Um, another one would be, um, and this again, someone I would rather have in movies than than doing um, a show like this would be Octavia Spencer, because um, everyone everyone fucking loves her, and she's a great actress, and she has a lot of friends and things, and it seems like she's fun. Uh, I've heard a lot of stories about her being really great on set and things. So um, those are a couple of people. I think you got to have America needs a, um, a a person who is like the unimpeachable good. Uh, and we all kind of need one of them. And if it's not going to be Ellen anymore, and it seems like it's not, uh, we're going to have to find another one here pretty soon or Super it's handy. not going to get much better for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let us let us know, guys, what you think uh, on Facebook and on Twitter. What you think is is Ellen fully responsible for this? What should happen to the show? Uh, and if it is going to get canceled, who should who should take who should take Ellen's place? Who should be the new Ellen? Let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Soco Show Pod. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna have one more quick thing before we start our reviews, and we're gonna switch over to the world of movies. Talk about that real quick. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. All right, guys, we're going to make another run at this. Um, the movie theaters uh, tried to open back up in July, and we talked about a month ago about Regal, um, which is my local, my local Megaplex is a, is a, a Regal, uh, and they're bringing back some, some throwback hits that they're going to play uh, in the theaters starting about two weeks from now on August 21st. And uh, I don't want to. I don't want to retread the entire conversation about theaters reopening. Uh, I'm interested in two things from each of you guys. One, do you think we're actually going to have theaters open in two weeks the way that they say? Um, and and we know that you know some movies. Uh, Tenet is going to come out in the first week of September. Some other things are coming out. Is that actually going to happen? Do you think? And if so, 
Are you going? Are you ready to go back yet? I want to. I want to know from both of you. No and yes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess combo. <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, because you know, uh, not to get too into the weeds about everything, but it's the whole tenant and the new mutants. Those are the two that are kind of up in the air. Um, before I keep going, Seth, you you have the floor, man. No, I, no, and yes is is what I would say too. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's this whole thing where um, close by me, I don't know about you guys, but some kind of like smaller chains are open right now, and I'm just looking at the movies that they're playing, you know, kind of throwbacks, you know, uh, Forrest Gump, Jurassic Park, um, Shrek for the kids. Shrek. Shrek. Um, these movie theaters, some of them are open, so it's not entirely they're all closed. It's the big chains, like you're saying, Cody, with the Regal, the Cinemark, the AMC, and it's those tentpole movies. Um I don't think it's going to happen. I'm curious what you have to say about it. I uh, I think there's another pushback. I, I, think, I think the way cases are going, there's not been progress in recent weeks. It's not better today than it was a month ago. So if they pushed it back a month ago, it stands to reason they would do so again. Now, as we've seen with all sorts of entities, consistency hasn't been the main thing. And I know Tenet really wants to come out. And it seems weirdly like Tenet is kind of driving this whole thing. Um, but I I think that at the end of the day, the big change will err on the side of safety and push back maybe another two weeks to a month. Okay, so that, you think... That's, that's what I think and that's what I hope happens. Now that said, I am with you guys. I'm a no yes as well. If they do open up... Um, I'm going to mask up and take my ass to the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely for those newer movies. I mean, like I said, the, there's these throwbacks that I'm like, it's tempting, but it, I, I can watch it at home as well. Um, I you, So you think if it doesn't hit the date this Labor Day weekend that they're claiming, they're going to go another two weeks to a month? Or do you think that they will go, screw it, we're going to 2021? Ooh. I, I don't... I. Hmm. I could see them pushing back um, because it doesn't help them to be on the opposite side of Labor Day weekend. That's an important weekend. So if they're not open right before Labor Day weekend, I can't see them rushing out to get opened on September 15th. Mm -hmm. So I could see if they do delay again, I could see them saying, okay, we're going to try again in October and say it's like a six-week delay. I could see something like that. I very much doubt they would go straight from August to 2021. I think Mm -hmm. that's not... I think they want to have multiple tries at this if they're going to keep pushing it back. They'll do it as little as possible until they're able to get back. That's what I would expect. And and one thing we're, I guess, not focusing on really is like, you know, this is just strictly in the U.S. right now. Like across overseas, Tenet is supposed to come out August 26th, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. is it going to be a thing, you know, they're they're all going to get it and we potentially won't? And then what happens there? I think that's where... I think that's where Tenet and, um, you know, all, whoever, all the studios and production companies are involved, I think that's where they're going to really start trying to exert whatever influence they can to get theaters to be open. Because it, I think ultimately it's going to be the studios that pay if Tenet is open, or any other major blockbuster for that matter, is open worldwide for any significant amount of time before the U.S., because every time that's pirated, that's a lot of money out of their pockets. So, Arr. and that's the that's the risk is the second you do that, you're opening yourself up to that. So, I think that if we do, if we did, if if the 
if the big theaters, if AMC Regal decided, if they tried to say, okay, we want to delay again, I think there would be heavy pushback from the folks at Tenet because they don't want there to be a huge gap. Um, whether or not that, you know, influences enough to, to keep the date or move it, I don't know. But I would expect Tenet really does not want to have a big gap there. Well said. <laughs> that has been Tenet Watch for the week. Tune in next week Very. for more Tenet news. Yeah, no shit. Tenet's, Tenet's about to become the most talked about thing ever on the SoCo show. What was the previous... God, do you guys remember this? We talked We talked for like several months. Well, actually, New Mutants is probably one of the most talked about now. <laughs> I think We've that that was first announced when you guys started the podcast. Yeah, I remember being excited for it um, on the the first the the first Christmas that we had. We did the, our favorite of the year that just was, and our most anticipated for the next year. And I'm pretty sure I had it on my most anticipated for 2018. <laughs> just narrowly oh, so missed crazy. that year. That is so crazy to me. Um, well, like uh, like Jared discussed, uh, Tenant Watch is still on. We'll keep you guys updated. Uh, in terms of the big chains theater opening and uh, the, the major blockbusters coming soon as well. But as of now, we're expecting Tenet in just a few short weeks uh, worldwide and then September 3rd here in the U.S. So we'll see what comes of that. That's going to do it for TV and movie news this week, but we do have some reviews to get into, and we're going to start in the TV corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Alrighty, so uh, a little bit different TV corner this week because uh, we're going to talk about Umbrella Academy again. And we talked about this last week, um, and it was interesting because last week I had just watched season one and Jared had just finished season two. This week, I have just finished season two, and now Seth has just finished season one. (laughs) So, um, Seth, the first thing I want to know, how are you enjoying season one? Did it grab you as much as we hoped it would? You would like to know. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, it was good. Um I uh so what I'll say briefly about it cuz I it's been talked about a million times and it'll be continued to be talked about I feel like. Um but I it, Cody knows with my watching, I I with my shows and movies, I'm I'm mainly in it for the the story. And I think and especially too with like superhero stuff, it, it I hate origins. I am not a big origin fan. And so this this show, the the first five episodes is very uh, very origin based and setting the the stage for these characters. So what the show did well to keep me interested was it has amazing music, and so there's a lot of really cool like um, action scenes with music, and then just the overall aesthetic of it is is it's a it's a cool looking show and they set up a really good um, world like a, a good good some good lore in there. Um, I was I wasn't like the most entertained by the the story for the first five episodes, but once we get into a lot more of the mysteries and the um, uh, there's a, there's a couple side characters as well that I really like that you get more into and there and some other elements of I think if you see the anything for season two, there's a lot of like time travel elements that are going on in the show. So once we get into those and you really start diving deep into those, I was definitely hooked at that point. So it took me like five or six episodes to get into it. But once we got into it and like the, it started to heat up story-wise, then I was then I was really enjoying it. So I'm excited to check out season two. Yeah, you are gonna you're gonna really dig season two because season two is all that stuff you just said you liked without the origin stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
So I'm really excited for you to check out season two. And we're not going to talk much more about the Umbrella Academy today because we just talked about it last week for one thing. But also, here's a special announcement. Um, we're going to have on next week's show, we're going to have a special guest, Lindsay Monday, friend of the show. Um, she was our first ever guest back on episode eight of the SoCo show and hasn't been back yet. So she's excited to come back on. We're going to talk about Umbrella Academy and we are going to dive in to a spoilers section of Umbrella Academy. So next week, if you haven't finished up, if you haven't caught up through season two of Umbrella Academy, get through that and then you can enjoy the spoiler talk uh, for Umbrella Academy with Lindsay next week, who I can tell you, uh, I'll spoil a little bit of what Lindsay's going to talk about. Lindsay fucking loves the Umbrella Academy. So Scoop. there's going to be a... There's going to be lots of very excited talk uh, about seasons one and two of Umbrella Academy, but it is going to include spoilers. So if you want to enjoy that, like I said, next spoilers. week, make sure you've caught up and caught the first 20 episodes of that show on Netflix. So Seth is enjoying it so far through season one. We're excited to hear what you think of season two next week, um, along with Lindsay, and we'll dive into spoilers and all the theories and things that we all have. and um, Theories. And more to come on that. So your assignments, guys, for next week's TV Corner, if you want to get it to the max, um, watch season one and two of The Umbrella Academy. Watch Jared do the ending explained poorly because he's going to line up a couple of theories he has um, for season three as well. And then come on back to the show next week and you're going to get all the Umbrella Academy talk you care to have. Um, so come on back for that. So this week ended up being a really quick version, a little bit of a tease this week in the TV Corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Alrighty, we're gonna roll on and uh God, it's funny, it seems early for this, but we have a lot of these to get to. We're going right into our reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it! <laughs> I hated it! Alright, guys, we have six uh six movies to six. review. And this Smurfles. is the most They've got six movies. This is the most mo- these are the this is the most new shit I've seen um like Ever. for a show in in at least a few months. I've seen three different things that we're going to review here. None of them are um none of them are like a movie. <laughs> I have a documentary, a stand-up special and a music uh visual album. So <laughs> you'll get them um, next week. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll sooner or later I'll watch a fucking movie for the show. But um Let's start. Uh, I want to. I want to first talk about the stand-up special that I watched, and I owe you guys a big ha in your faces because last week I talked about the Emmy nominations, and as a supporting actress on the show Insecure, Yvonne Orji uh, is an actress who's nominated for an Emmy, and you guys laughed and said, "That's not how you say Orji. That's a funny." And I said, "Okay, that what? is pretty funny," um, but apparently that is actually how you say this woman's name. Uh, I'm not familiar with her because I don't watch okay. Insecure. And we didn't but... go, hey, you said Orgy, you made it funny or whatever the fuck you just Lies said. Lies yeah, no. and slander. Yeah, no. You didn't say that. I was paraphrasing because there was a lot of laughter when I said Orgy. No. And as as evidenced by the fact that Jared just laughed at it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it is funny. Um, okay. Um, so yeah, you're making but, this up in your mind. We didn't, yeah, we no, didn't make fun of you. I, I'm just I'm just poking fun, but yeah, um, whatever. But Yvonne Orji, uh, her special "Mama, I Made It" is on HBO right now, and um, I'll be quick about this. If you if you like Insecure, she talks a fair amount about being on Insecure and about what that has meant um, and how how that um, factors into her life, I suppose. And then she's genuinely pretty funny. 
Um, I, I hadn't, I wasn't aware of her before, but I thought the special was very good. Um, I don't, it was not, it's not the best special I've seen in years or anything like that. I'm not going to scream from the rooftops, but if you're a fan of Insecure, um, it's a good one. Also, if you're looking for, um, honestly, if you're looking for some comedy from a black female, um, there's, there, there, there isn't a, a scarcity of it out there, but you have to be kind of intentional typically to find stand up featuring a black female. So if you're looking for that, this is a really good example of that. She's, she's fantastic. And she has, um, she's from Nigeria. So she has a, an interesting, um, perspective on her race. And then also, uh, she uses her Nigerian accent some, which I love the Nigerian accent. It's like, it, it's similar to like a Wakandan accent, I guess. So it always reminds me of Black Panther. So if you want to hear some great Nigerian accent, go watch that too. Um, but the special is Mama, I Made It, and you can find that on HBO uh, if you want to check out some stand-up. Let's see. Um, let's go, Jared, to you next. Um, I know you've got a couple movies that you saw. Um, I'll let let's you go pick. With- Which one do you want to okay. start with? Yeah, yeah. Since, uh, you know, you did a comedy special, we're not talking about movies because who does that? I'm going to talk about a documentary that I saw. Um, it's it's now on Netflix. <clears throat> it is called Tread. And if no one is aware of this, essentially this happened in early 2000s, I want to say, in, in a small town in Colorado. And I can't, off the top of my head, I don't know the name of, you know, the people involved, but essentially this guy goes and lives in a small town, and he's kind of the outsider, and he's been living there for several years, really uh, great, you know, guy in the in the town, but he's an outsider, he, ha- he opens up his own, um, I think, muffler shop, he's a really good welder, um, he, he's a good <clears throat> businessman, he is charming charismatic he gets a you know meets a woman in town becomes girlfriend boyfriend whatever um no one has anything bad to say about this guy but then after you know during this documentary they're throwing in things of how you know there's maybe this little argument he has with someone over an auction of he bought land this other guy wanted land then they find these tapes after everything that happens, which I'll get into, of him kind of, you know, saying, oh, well, this person was mean to me or that person. And then it goes to that person and they're like, oh, I was never like that never happened. So it is this weird thing of kind of he said, she said, but essentially it breaks down to him getting this piece of land, not really being able to do with anything with it, essentially him just it's it's breaking him he's losing all of his money he gets drunk in a hot tub one night and apparently god tells him he needs to do this thing and the thing is he eventually makes this souped up bulldozer aka a killdozer and he takes like this huge <laughs> bulldozer and like i said he's a really good welder he worked on this for like i want to say 6 months to a year made this thing like super armor plated with like six inch steel then he poured a segment of cement and then another six inch so he made like these essentially like building blocks to make this giant world war two or like world war one looking tank almost like this thing was a behemoth anyways he goes on a rampage in this small colorado town again i think it was like 3500 people and all those people that apparently wronged him he just started bulldozing the hell out of their property (laughs) like this thing is insane because the one guy that he was really pissed off about built a cement factory close by just completely goes over there rips it to shit 
and then he goes over to like city hall because someone didn't take his check at one point and then he goes over to this like he is just making his way through this small town going as slow or fast as a bulldozer can go and the police can't do anything like they climb up on top of it because they think that there's like a hatch but this guy was a welder and this thing is literally an impenetrable tank and the guy was super smart as well i mean obviously maybe a screw loose you go watch it you make your own decisions but the way that he rigged up how he could see because again it is a metal bunker on wheels he put cameras and tvs inside to see out of it he took 50 caliber sniper rifles and uh, in, like uh, mounted them inside as well so he not only could he bulldoze stuff but he could shoot sniper bullets out of this thing um oh, there was a way that he knew that debris would be in way of the cameras therefore he couldn't see so he rigged up an air compressor system so there's air compressor tanks inside like this guy thought of everything and i'm not going to say where it goes what happens but if you want a crazy interesting watch Sure, if you don't want the kind of boring exposition of the first 30 minutes, skip to the part where this guy's just wrecking shit because it is crazy. <laughs> oh my god. This so I was uh I, I almost put this on uh the other night. I saw it listed and I was like, a documentary about a guy who bulldozes a small town. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is this? And I don't I ended up watching something else that I didn't even really like very much. So I, that that pissed me off. But this is, I, I need to see this. This sounds so interesting to me. And I got to see what this rig is all about because uh, it sounds like it was a, a beast of a fucking thing. Oh, it was, yeah. The, and the way that they do it, you know, like some of these documentaries, they kind of do um, some dramatized scenes um, to make you feel like you were in that. And they do that a little bit. But there's this one of the first kind of reveal of the bulldozer. And you were just on, You're sure, this guy did some horrible things, but you're just excited for him to start just wrecking stuff. <laughs> Uh, that's actually, as you say that, I'm thinking, okay, this whole review, I've been thinking, yeah, fuck yeah, bury that fucking town. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what kind of guy this is, so I don't, <laughs> who knows. I don't, I don't know if I want to root for him or not. Um, wow. This, I am intrigued. This sounds like, uh, this sounds, Seth, like something you might do if, like, uh, if, like, your delivery driver forgot your, your condiment or something. You go, uh -huh. go fucking wreck his I, house. You think you'd, I wanted you'd be to up do for something like that if you could have the, if you had the welding skills? I wanted to do it to the city of Ames, Iowa, when they canceled the pancakes. Um, Ooh, <laughs> the pancakes. Never forget. Yeah. Oh, wow. Now I'm picturing fucking, uh, what's the, you know that um, uh, Chavez, is that the Cuban, um, like, revolutionary? Maybe it wasn't even Cuban. Cesar Chavez? Yeah, I, th um, I think... I think There's that like this a, is the podcast you should be asking questions about historical figures from. Yeah, we we, we know all the answers about yeah, history. Yeah, especially uh, two white people. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's probably maybe not the best, but anyway, there's a he's one of those guys that like you've seen a flag of this guy's face on it, and it means revolution. Caesar, yeah, Caesar Chavez, whatever. We'll go with Dirty that. Sanchez. Yeah, Dirty Sanchez, yeah. his I'm, his brother. <laughs> I'm picturing Seth as as that face. And and he's in the fucking tank, rolling toward, 
rolling toward the pancake feed on Central Campus at Iowa State, shouting revolution and all of the student body. <laughs> Syrup for him. all. <laughs> um, the, the funny thing to think about now, and I did say this because my parents were down and I told them about it. Um, it's kind of almost like a Joker story because it's like, how much can a guy or anyone in life, how much crap can you, how much can you put up with until you reach your breaking point and that's kind of what it mm-hmm. shows here yeah yeah that's an interesting almost like uh is it falling down is that the Michael oh Douglas yep movie falling where down it just goes yep. fucking haywire yeah it's kind of like that that's whew, that kind of frightens me because i don't know how many people are that close to the edge and are oh man i've, I've been close my fucking house <laughs> oh man um the movie is tread you can find this on netflix now and uh, I know I'm going to be watching this over the next week. I'll I'll, I'll report back what I think uh, next week. But this sounds this sounds like something that um, that folks are going to find their way to. I expect the second uh, thing that I watched. So this I, we've got in the movie section. I, I'm not certain that it counts, but this is um, Black is King. This is Beyonce's new visual album. I think is what they're calling it. Um, it's essentially a collection of like music videos with interludes in between um as far as i could tell there wasn't a like a through line or a plot someone someone out there might might be correcting me i wasn't in a state where i was going to be following a plot um when i watched this i was watching it for the music um but what i will say about this if if you like beyonce you're gonna fucking love black is king in fact if you like beyonce you probably have watched it five times before you're even listening to this so um if, if you're already a fan of hers, go watch this now. Otherwise, it's really, it's just a collection of really dope music videos, like really high production value, high expense. Um, what they do with the camera and with the visual, um, what they do with the visuals in general here is really interesting. There's a lot of really excellent camera work and a lot of really excellent work with costumes and with coloring. Uh, each song has a really like distinct feel to it. And Beyonce's doing you know, um, her Beyonce thing in these different outfits. And it, it almost seems like the whole scene is like built around her in an interesting way. So it's, it's really cool. If you just want to watch it for the cinematography aspects or for the costumes or the coloring or just for the music, those are all really good reasons to watch this. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it in like the transcendental work of masterpiece art that some of Beyonce's fans are going to tell you it is, but it was really enjoyable. I liked it a lot. There was a lot that I appreciated about it. The music bangs, there's lots of good guest spots on there. Kendrick has some uh, has a verse on there, uh, and several others are present too. Jay Z. Um, so again, if you're interested in this kind of thing, uh, it to me is a good example of the visual album. So if you want to check this one out, uh, Black is King is on Disney Plus. Uh, there's also I forgot to mention a uh, it's it almost pays homage I would say to The Lion King. Um, I think it, a lot of it was made kind of in conjunction with the Lion King. So there's, there's occasionally some dialogue from the Lion King that shows up in there and whatever little bit of plot there is seems to kind of follow the plot of Lion King, but with, uh, with men instead of lions. So it's an interesting whole piece of thing, but it's, it's super pro black. Like if you want to feel some black power, watch this. Uh, if you want to feel some feminine power, watch this because it's Beyonce, and that's ultimately, I think, what you're signing up for. If you're I just watch ima- one of her things. I just imagine like there's some Beyonce music videos going, and then all of a sudden, just like out of nowhere, when I was a young warthog. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> there is a, there's a little bit of Billy Eichner audio in there, and it caught me so off guard. I was like, what the fuck is Billy Eichner doing here? I think they get some Seth Rogen in there, too, because um, there's a little section on that. The video they do for the song Spirit, which was released with The Lion King, um, is awesome. That's a It's a really good song, but um, it was... Uh, a really awesome video too. So yeah, if you're into music videos, like I said, if you're into any of those things that I mentioned, this is a great watch. I'm not going to recommend it to like you two because I don't think you watch a lot of this kind of thing. But if you're out there looking for this sort of thing, this is an excellent example of it. And it's on Disney Plus, so you can watch it now. Um, okay, now, Seth, we no. will go to you. And you watched, uh, I'm not going to say the title because I want you to say it because this sounds like a terrible movie that I saw on a VHS tape in in blockbuster 15 years ago but it's an actual movie that came out in 2020 mm-hmm. it's a movie called game of death <laughs> insert lightning bolt thunder <laughs> oh game of death so um game of death is not the 1978 bruce lee movie um no, it's it's a very short, seventy three minutes, which uh, is definitely to its um, benefit. Um, but it 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 is like it's a it's a horror ish movie. It's more of like I feel like it's more closer to like Ready or Not type of vibe, um, where it's like it's gory and like kind of funny at times. Uh, I thought Ready or Not was pretty funny. This is this one was kind of funny. Um, but it's it, the basic premise is it's a bunch of teens uh, who are hanging out partying. They might even be their twenties. I think they might be in their twenties. But anyway, they're hanging out partying at a pool at someone's like some rich person's house, and they um, I think two people are I think they're oh they're they're doing some some naughty stuff in like a closet, and they see this game of death. Um, I really like feet. There's some feet going on in there. Uh, it's 2020. It's okay now. Yeah. So Jared <laughs> last week when he was confronted. Hashtag no feet love. Uh, <laughs> feet love. <laughs> um, but where's my girl- Dr. Scholes at? <laughs> um, Dr. Beyonce Scholes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's um, fucking funny. But this girl notices in the middle of the 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 naughty acts uh, this this board this game amongst the other board games um, and video games called Game of Death. So she pulls it out and there's like the rules um, that that come with it, and it's just kind of like a riddle or whatever. Um, but basically, the rules say that um, a number will pop up on this machine, um, and uh, this is the amount of people that need to die if they don't if if these people don't die by the time that if one if a person doesn't die by the time the timer goes out then one of the people playing the game will die so i think it's seven seven of them they put their finger on this on this game and then they start it and their fingers get pricked and so it takes their blood and um and that's how they're initiated in the game and obviously like as um any you know movie premise like this starts up these teens all okay it's a joke and they go away and leave the board game off by its own um and then all of a sudden someone's heads blows up um so yeah (laughs) and so uh they now realize that it's a real game so they have to go kill a bunch of people because there's a number that pops up on the screen and it goes down by one when the kid dies and now they have to like basically go kill a bunch of people in order to 
make sure one of them doesn't blow up. And they have to do it. They don't know how long the timer goes. It just kind of keeps ticking. And so uh, they have to, like, you know, when they encounter someone, they have to make the decision, like, do we kill them? And so there's some inner their inner struggles going on, too, of, like, we want to kill people so that we stay alive. And others are like, no, we shouldn't kill people. And uh, it gets pretty gory and pretty crazy. But it's actually kind of fun. Like, it's it's definitely, like, not... It's, it's like, no actor you've ever seen before. <laughs> and it's definitely... I mean, it's got some cheesy teen ish dialogue in it um it's like very stereotypical of, of teens and stuff but um it's it's actually kind of fun like it's 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 got some crazy moments some crazy gore um and it's like well made actually um it's like well shot and the effects are pretty good like there's some scenes where you see someone's head who has exploded and like it's got some good like you could definitely like prosthetics they did and stuff so um i thought it was kind of fun it's like if that's ever on netflix that's totally like it could be one of those like cult classic type movies where you know it's like oh have you seen this and then just throw it on it's like barely over an hour so it's kind of fun to fun to check out so i had a fun time with it i like this it reminds me you sh- i honestly i would be so curious seth if you watch truth or dare and told yeah, me what you i think. probably like it i'd have fun. i think you'd find i think you would find something to like in that movie um mm-hmm. and that would make me really happy because that's like my favorite genre is like very <laughs> terrible like very like uh, gimmicky, terrible horror yeah. movies, and uh, and if you're liking this and you liked Ready or Not, that might be a genre for you too. Yeah, yeah. With that 73 minute runtime, I I want to. I mean, if it's going to be on Netflix, I will definitely check it out. Yeah, if it ever comes on Netflix or whatever, then definitely worth checking out. Um, yeah, it could be. I mean, it's. It, I don't think it'll get a ton of. It's not like a ton of. I don't think it'd be like one where you'd get a ton of views on YouTube because I don't think anyone's watching it, but. Oh. I don't know. I saw it scrolling by a few weeks ago, and I'm like, ah, I'll, maybe I'll come back around to it. And there was like nothing new that came out this week, so uh, I was like, fuck it, I'll watch this this dumb looking horror movie, and I had fun. This actually reminds me, unless you have more thoughts about Game of Death, because I'm going to change the subject here. Fine, change it. <laughs> um, I tried to watch uh, Amulet the other day. Um, <laughs> And it was Thursday night. It was late. It, it, it's a, it's a like right around a 90 minute movie and it, it was getting uh-huh. late, but I was like, Oh, it's only 90 minutes. I can make it through. And I made it about halfway through and fell asleep. And then I didn't make it back to the movie before uh, my rental, rental expired up. and I'm not going to rent it again. <laughs> um, so okay. I'm about halfway through. Can, I, what I want to do, cause we have time for this. Um, can we hit the spoiler thing and you guys explain yes. to me what happens? Yes. <laughs> Can we do this? Okay, let's do it. So this is, the movie is Amulet. Um, you can rent this now. Um, and if you, if you, um, if you don't want to have it spoiled, then um, look in the description box and skip ahead. Because we're going to go into some spoilers in just a second. All right, here's the spoiler drop. S-P-O-I-L. Spoil. Soiled it! Soiled it! Soiled it! You ruined it and I'm leaving. Okay, <laughs> so we're here I love spoilers. it. <laughs> can I, I can I make a that. prediction? Can I make a prediction? I'll tell yeah, you guys you where to. I was. You have to. I'll tell you guys where I was in the movie. So, um, uh, as we know, uh, because we've all seen it, um, this guy uh, was a former alcoholic. He is now, or no, he's a former soldier. He's got like PTSD, and he goes to work like manning some sort of like arm that goes over a road, and. Um, at one point, he is, like, off in some woods, and he finds the amulet um, out in the woods. 
and and then um he is he gets rescued he's like homeless right that's what it is he's homeless he gets kicked out of a restaurant and then uh this old lady says like i'm gonna help you and she's gonna fucking help him all right she takes him and um drops him off at this house with this with this woman who is a who is taking care of her mother. So it's a woman and her mother. The woman is milling around the house, but the mother is just upstairs in the attic. Um, and she never comes out. And so, um, the man is now in this house. The, um, the old lady has, has already proven herself to be like a little bit creepy at the very least. It looks like she's maybe stolen money, um, from our guy. And they've been like feeding him a lot of like weird looking food. Um, what's just recently happened is there was some sort of crazy ass, like bat creature (laughs) that they found found in a toilet. They found this bat creature. And then, um, also there was, um, the daughter got bit by the mother because the mother beats her up and attacks her. That happened. And then also I'm maybe I'm, maybe I'm putting something there that's not there, but they've just been feeding him like a lot. They've been showing a lot of him getting fed. So here's what I think. Uh, I think that the old lady like recruited him and put him in the house as, as like some sort of bait or some sort of sacrifice or food. Okay. And, and, uh, they're, they're feeding him and or drugging him. I don't know if there's any element there to keep him around. Um, and they took his money, but I think this, I think this is going vampires. And I think, I think mom upstairs in the attic is some sort of queen vampire that needs to eat. Or when the daughter goes upstairs, she turns into a vampire. And that's why she keeps coming downstairs all beat up. But I think that it's vampires. And that would fit so, with this whole, you never thought it was vampires when you started this movie. Am I, am I close here? I, be, no. Before Seth, you jump in. That was my very first guess. Okay. Yeah, oh, you, you fuck. Were, oh, I you, thought you I was being start- smart. <laughs> You started on the right right track with um, old lady was recruiting him or tricking him, but then okay. it goes in a completely different direction. Oh, All right, Seth, do you want to start? Know. No, you you go ahead, Jared. Okay, I'll start, and uh, we're gonna maybe miss some. Like basically, there's some flashbacks to him, uh, Tomas's relationship with uh, Miriam. I think it is from you know his time at war, but um. Essentially, you make it upstairs, and the first time you make it upstairs is um, the mother. She's you know very much like panicking and whatnot, and you see Tomas going up, and there's like screens on the windows. So this is where I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, this this is like a vampire type movie. Anyways, gets up. This old woman, this mother or whatever, is very like decrepit, very much kind of a, like a demon looking type thing. And um, the first crazy thing of this movie is. Um, she starts screaming in agony and whatnot, and um, essentially blood squirts out from her uh, nether regions, and a bat, fleshy bat thing that you found in the toilet earlier, comes out of her hoo-ha, and um, the woman that's in the house with Tomas uh, just straight up curb stomps it. <laughs> oh, shit. How um, the fuck did I sleep through that? So, so basically, there's some weird shit going on with this mother. Seth, over to you. Oh no! I want you to keep going. Oh, you, you want me you, to keep going? Yeah, because I did, you did a fucking ending. Explain. You spent like fifty five hours on this thing, so you know what's going on. Okay, okay. I was I just sat there in like complete confusion for the yeah, last. Yeah, your, your jaw minutes. essentially drops to yeah. the ground. Okay, so that's kind of the first reveal of this. Uh, something something messed up is going on. 
anyways, it continues, and he's hanging out with this woman. They go out dancing one night. Um, she, she keeps <laughs> feeding him and whatnot. Um, he very much kind of, you know, has these flashbacks to back um, in his woods time because, you know, he uh, duct tapes his hands and everything shut or, or when he's sleeping and whatnot. And um, I'm trying to remember what exactly happens. I think that after so, one night go, – go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Where were you? Oh, I, I'm, I'm trying to collect how, how he gets to the part where he realizes the woman isn't a nun. Well, there he's that's after there's a point where they were upstairs and I think didn't he have tea or something? Didn't she make him tea? Yeah, there was tea that he uh, she would I guess make for the mother, but also yeah. she was like here have some. Yeah, I think there was a point like they're upstairs and I think isn't that after she stomps out the fucking he goes yeah, downstairs. It's after. Yeah, yeah he's he she stomps out the 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 um the aborted fucking mouse rat looking thing, the vampire, and then he comes downstairs and he's drugged. And Dolores Umbridge is no longer a nun. She is a she's an old old uh like she's dressed nicely. She's drinking tea, I think, too, or something, or smoke. She's smoking a cigarette. Yep, I think. And that's when she reveals that um, he was being fed and all kinds of stuff basically groomed to now to so inside the old woman is a demon and the demon does not let the the hosts die and so the demon that's inside of this old woman is like give me out of this fucking old woman and they're trying to they're trying to basically groom him to hold the demon now and so that's what they're doing to him and they're drugging him and feeding him and all kinds of stuff and then I don't. At some point, there's also a storyline of like from in the past with that woman that he, um, mm-hmm. whatever, like when he is in the Coast Guard or whatever, um, Border Patrol, whatever he is. Uh, that there's that woman that he uh, encounters and then he eventually sexually, sexually, sexually assaults her. Yep, and that's this is right when that that flashback happens. Yeah. So then that happens, and then um, he's being groomed to become the new demon holder, and he crawls into a room. Doesn't he kill? No, yeah, well, there's okay. something before that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the the woman, she's revealed not to be a nun, um, and she's Dolores kind of talking Umbridge. to him, and it was like, she's like, now you have to choose, and essentially this demon has to have a caretaker, and that's what the woman in the house has been is a caretaker for this demon. So now Tomas is now being groomed to be the next demon, and he has to pick a. A, a caretaker or a mate essentially and he wants the woman in the house but uh the umbridge woman um that's no longer a nun keeps saying you can't do that that's not how this works she's already served her time so and, and by the way that's the reason i said dolores that's the actress who played dolores umbridge yeah Harry yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't um, believe that's her. She gave me the same vibes, but I didn't recognize her as the same person. That's that's one hundred percent her. Yeah, yeah, very huh. creepy, very creepy. Um, but yeah, basically, you find out the reason the demon is going to latch onto him is because people have done things in the past that aren't right, and he always keeps saying that he wants to be a happy, he wants to be a good man. Um, he doesn't want to be have these PTSD things that he's dealing with, and you find out, yeah, like Seth had said, he had sexually assaulted this woman in the past. Um. So that's why the demon is going to go to him, blah, blah, blah. Um, You kind of got to make up some stuff here. But anyways, he really wants the girl that he's been kind of flirting with and living with and whatnot to be his caretaker or mate. So he's like, well, I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to kill this demon. Goes upstairs. Can I I stop you? Uh, Can he not just leave? What stops him from just pissing off and saying... 
Well, now he's like, I don't want to do any. He's all fucked up now. He's all fucked up from getting all this food and all this stuff. So he's like, because the night before he's given tea and passes out and then wakes up not knowing really what's going on. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he's just kind of confused. And he's like obsessed with this girl too, the caretaker. Like he loves. He's really falling for her. He 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 actually leaves at one point and then comes back. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. 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 So anyways, yeah. So anyways, you know, he's he's in love with this girl. It's kind of a classic, you know, Beauty and the Beast type situation where uh, it's like, okay, well, now I have to go kill this demon so then I can have you. Um, So he goes upstairs, makes his way upstairs with a giant knife. And um, he had kind of been, uh, I think, pushed around a little bit by the demon earlier. And then the woman saved him because, you know, the demon can't touch her. Anyways, he stabs it. um, And then it like pulls the knife out. And then they're kind of going back and forth. Anyways, he just fucking cuts the head off of it and boom demon dead um but prior to that he had picked up a newspaper article and it was just they didn't even focus on it it was just a complete throwaway two second thing he picked up a piece of paper threw it away chopped the head off this demon now seth do you want to jump over or do you want me to keep going well yeah because like so they're because they make reference to to that newspaper and then like there's a couple other references where like she gives him a shirt or something at one point, and she go and he goes like, "Oh, where'd you get this shirt?" And she's like, "Oh, the house, the uh, this house gives you, this house gives you what you need or something like." Like she makes many some weird many state. things are in this house, but yeah. very few are ours. There you go. That's what it is. Like a weird reference Ugh. to like, so yeah, they basically just have a bunch of shit in this house and they don't know where it's from. Um, and so when he kills this demon, <laughs> a fucking dick pops out. Yeah, he lifts up the robe. <laughs> There's a penis. <laughs> what? Cute. Oh, and and so here's the thing. Here's what I'm thinking too, because I know Jared has mentioned a million times, even before I watch it, like it's bonkers, it's weird, it's fucked up. And so and I'm like, okay, that's there's a dick. That's weird, right? Like that that's is that what he's talking about? Like that's Wait, weird. Wait, we're not to the weird. That's that's weird. But that I'm wasn't. The, that's I'm not fig- the. I'm thinking this isn't the last shot of the film. No, there's no. something else weirder. <laughs> Oh wow! Okay, so so, so, so basically lady, that means the that old headless the, lady the, has a penis. So the old lady, it's a man. So the, the the newspaper had alluded to this guy who lived in this house prior, who had did he kill a bunch of people? He had uh, a man accused of killing his wife, set yeah. to marry daughter. There you go. And so basically, this guy was the demon living in the old woman's. Like the the old woman was the prior host or whatever. So this old man was the demon. And and it does kind of a quick flashback because yeah it goes back to the line of like very few like the house is full of things yeah. very few of ours there's a suitcase or a toolbox that has CG on it Which and the, the guy's, guy's name is Christopher General yeah. so it's like this these these very small pieces of this puzzle that are placed throughout this movie that show you that this demon who's a woman that was giving birth to things is actually the man okay. that has and- penis. And so we need to rewind a little bit for this next part, so it makes a little more sense. Because this is, <laughs> if you don't, if we just mention this, uh, it's not going to make a lot of sense. So Wait, Cody, hold on. Did you can s- we? Can we? Sorry. Um, okay. So the the guy who was a murderer. Yeah. Um. He was the demon. Is he, he was the demon when he murdered, or he became the demon because he murdered? I think he, he became, became because essentially the the lore or whatever because Tomas sexually assaulted someone therefore he has guilt so therefore he's going to be the next demon this christopher general held killed his wife therefore having guilt therefore becoming the next the demon 
Okay, so you see what I'm saying? Um, the the wife that he killed that is that the old lady who we thought we were looking at the whole time, or is that a different old lady? I'm Same. gonna say it's a different old lady. Oh. So it's unrelated completely. Okay, I was trying to ascertain whether this was that guy's house. Oh, it, it is was. his house. It is his house. Yeah. It is his house. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's his house. It's still furnished with all his shit too. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. and then the demon. Uh, and I think in the guy? Dolores Umbridge was the uh, the caretaker. I think of him. Oh, yeah, like like prior, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, was she his? What was up with the marrying the daughter thing? Is that gonna? Is that still relevant? I think the daughter is is Dolores the Umbridge? girl that's taking care of him, right? The younger girl. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, so Cody. Yes. Do you, did you, I can't remember, did you watch long enough to see the actual amulet itself when he discovers it? Yeah. Okay. So that plays in in this next part. So you see it a few other times, like, there's, like, something in the ceiling that kind of looks like it. They kind of reference yeah. it a few other times. Yeah. Um, This next part, so he, he discovers the penis, <laughs> and then... <laughs> well, and the uh, penis, then newspaper clipping, like, you newspaper, see the actual yeah. newspaper clipping. And, and then he, I believe this happens right after... Um, because at this point I'm already, I'm, I'm, my mind is like, you are locked in. I have no, (laughs) I know I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Then he crawls, he goes into this room and inside of the the room he sees, uh, looks like a giant goat horn. Is that right? I thought it was a seashell, but it's some sort of horn or glowing aura thing. Like a Satan, almost like a Satan looking horn that you'd see on Satan's head. No head attached, but it's Uh glowing in, in the circle thing. It's glowing. So he decides, let's go on inside. <laughs> and <laughs> Mind you, this is an old creaky house. He's seen yeah. a glowing thing, opens the door, and sees a giant horn, and yeah. just thinks, let's climb into this. And just like just like him, us as the viewer is like, what? <laughs> Why is that there? <laughs> and so he crawls inside, and once inside, there, it almost looks like he's crawling through an anus, I think, at first. And then when he gets in there, uh, the amulet that you see earlier... Um, like the, the the one thing he picks up is now a woman. It's like a sentient <laughs> bean, and it starts talking to him. It's like Tomas. What? Hello, and Tomas. It's, gl- it's literally floating in midair, glowing behind it, and it's talking. Yeah. What? Wait, does it does it like unbecome a fucking like statue, or d- like does just a voice come out of it, or it becomes a person who's who like you can see their mouth moving? It's you can see you. There's no eyes, so it's like the head, like it. It looks like that that giant like headdress thing it has on. No uh, eyes, but a mouth that's moving. <laughs> what then, the fuck? <laughs> okay, and so this, this is like a different realm. And he's he's snuck up the the butthole of the house, and he's he's just talked to the action figure. Okay, <laughs> and and what does the action figure tell him? basically along the lines of like he's like just as shocked as we are he is the audience right now just like what the fuck is going on and she's like tomas didn't Uh, you want me don't you think i'm beautiful anymore seth over to you no no go ahead oh and then he's like basically still freaking out and then climbs out of this uh goat horn type uh wherever weird realm he's in um then he just starts having really just the worst pains ever in his chest and abdomen. 
and he's like yelling and then the doesn't the umbrage the the fake nun come upstairs with him i think so this and is where i'm like so I, I'm, again I'm, I'm, I'm a little <laughs> sketchy on these details because it's been a week or so since i saw it but he is like in excruciating pain the nun is now in the same room as this glowing horn thing that he just came out of and she's like tomas you've eaten well now it's time for you to pay and he is screaming and his belly expands 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 and then blood shoots out between his legs and then he has a bat baby Ugh. wait where does it come from him he like, becomes his... instantly pregnant so- Cody, look at uh, this behind the scenes for uh, the stream yard here. Look at my avatar. That's what that. Is. That's what he sees. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that thing talks to him, and then yeah. he becomes. <laughs> and then the next he... demon. And then he. Okay, so now he's given birth to to bats. Is he still alive, or does that kill him? Oh, he's still alive. Basically, what we saw earlier with the bat coming out of the demon woman that was a man earlier is now happening to him. And we see his belly get ex- like expand instantly, like within, you know, five, ten seconds. And then blood shoots out, and then a bat comes out of him. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. And, and then, then do they stomp this motherfucker out, or do they let this one live? No, then he doesn't he, doesn't he end up, like... It's, there's a passage of time, right? A little bit type of thing. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, wow, this is crazy. And like a quick shot on his face, like screaming. And then boom, it's like uh, following a car on kind of a secluded road. That's right. So then the girl from the, the caretaker girl that he's in love with um, goes to a gas station. And she's buying some like nasty ass frozen meat or something. Mm-hmm. And she goes to the cash register and and the cat, the the clerk... Um, they reveal that she is the woman that was sexually assaulted by um, the now demon birther. And uh, so that's all connected because he, you know, he did the bad stuff. He did the crimes. Um, And then she goes back into the car with uh, the frozen meat and throws it in the back seat and then a hand grabs it and it's presumably that guy. Yeah, like a creepy, decrepit hand reaches out to this really, like, disgusting meat that they had just talked about inside. Like, she she basically was like um the woman inside which uh the younger woman gave the clerk the right. the amulet the amulet and basically said like be strong or something like you know carry, don't never forget your past or like bring it with you or something like that but basically said that the meat she's like i wouldn't even feed that to my dog yeah and then feeds oh. it to tomas who there's a decrepit hand that reaches out from a blanket in the back seat as they drive across the country so yeah Apparently he got what he wanted from the woman, but she's like taking him on a road trip. What? So that's okay, all to say, so... Cody. I think you would enjoy the rental a whole lot more. <laughs> yeah, I should have watched that. Everybody I know watched the rental this weekend, uh, and I watched that. So okay, so the amulet itself does it? It has power. Is its power related to the demon? My understanding is it's almost like this omen type thing where it finds you. Okay, and then if if you have it, then you're you're a bad guy, and you got to go get the demon stuff stuffed up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> also, did they ever say what the fucking bats are? No. What happens if you don't kill them? Are they gremlins? 
<laughs> That's what I want to know. I want to see when those things get up and fucking see, run away. See, th- this is the part that it falls apart where it's such a bonkers ending. There's never really any 100% concrete answers. It's also That's really funny, weird. too, is that am- I can't get over that fucking the crawling into the horn amulet thing because, like, it closes. It does a close up a few times on the head too, so you just see the head fucking talking, and it's creepy as shit because it doesn't have eyes. But I don't know. I know Jared, you weren't a because you didn't have a ton of Nickelodeon exposure. Cody, do you remember all that? Or Jared, do you maybe maybe remember this too? All that there was a sketch where there were aliens, and they would do a weird thing with their tongue, or like they'd do like a they'd, <laughs> they'd stop talking and then like do with their tongue. Do you remember that? Mm-mm, I don't. Oh. Okay, because that's kind of what this reminded me of. Sorry if that <laughs> you don't remember that, but um, like it's a it's just so it it was weird. Like the whole the, the whole movie is that, that not whole movie, but the last half hour just I, I I mean Jared is right in saying like a thousand guesses, and you and you if for all the money in the world never have to work again can get anything you want a thousand guesses you get to guess this ending like there's not. Not no one who would ever get that. Man, that is uh, that is why. Okay, so now I know enough. Now I can enjoy it, the, and they explain poorly, right? You probably yeah. Okay, good. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. My takeaway from this is that now I get to go watch that video and give it a thumbs up on YouTube. <laughs> um, very excited for that. Um, so the amulet. Wow. Uh, all right. That, you're right. It was not what I expected it to be. Um. Spent six bucks on it, so I guess, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, get the um, rental. It's a lot better. Let's bring back uh, the folks who skipped for spoilers, and uh, welcome welcome back, folks. I just had my mind completely blown because the movie Amulet doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you if you are interested in... Yeah, there it is. Ugh. Wow. <laughs> That's the toilet uh. thing. Yeah. Uh, if you're Ugh. interested in, in finding out about Amulet, either go back, listen to the spoilers we just did, uh, go watch Jared's ending explained poorly, or check out the movie yourself. Uh, it's available to rent now. So we had a little bit of a detour there uh, to talk about Amulet, but let's get back on track with the rest of our reviews here. Um, let's see here. What's left? Okay, I'll go next here with uh, a documentary that I watched on Hulu. Uh, This is called We Are Freestyle Love Supreme. And this is a documentary about a group of guys. Uh, Freestyle Love Supreme is a a freestyle rap act. And so it's like like an improv comedy show, but they rap the entire time. So their improv games are all based around them rapping. They have live beatboxers and live um, percussionists there to set the beats. And, um, you know, you... Raise your hand, say the place you went. I went to the bank. And then they'll do a rap about the bank. That's essentially, <laughs> essentially what, they, what the, the group is. The most interesting thing about the group is uh, who all has been in it and what they went on to do. Um, the most famous individual out of this group is Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda. The, he, he was a part of this group. And it dates back. He wasn't a founding member of this group at all. Um, they started at a college. I think it was maybe Westland and, or Wesleyan. And... Um, these couple of guys who just liked freestyling, they that's what they no did. Good. Yeah. Well, they were up to no good. And then 
someone made some trouble in the neighborhood and these were white guys so they just uh. you know moved to a place uh, <laughs> they didn't have to go to their auntie and uncles they just moved somewhere else and yeah. um they uh started doing this rap thing where they would just freestyle with each other it's how they hung out and they started growing their group they like met another guy who was into rap and met another guy who was into rap and eventually they bring on Lin-Manuel Miranda he becomes a part of the group and they have this show that they start up in this like really little um this really little like basement uh you know performance venue you can fit like a dozen people in and they start this little show and it gets a little bit of traction and it becomes this act that they do, um, they said since it was founded, they've done it at least once every year since then. So it's one of those projects that it's it's kind of this guy's these guys' home project thing that they like doing with each other because they're friends. But they've all grown up and gone on to be successful producers, successful actors and singers and rappers. And um, they just eventually, they're kind of like the Wu-Tang Clan in that after a certain amount of time, they all come back together and then they do this thing. And so the documentary... Uh, kind of works in two time periods. One is the original time period back in like 2005 or so uh, when they first went and performed at a music festival in uh, in Great Britain. And then the second time period is in 2019 when they're doing a, a Broadway run um, with, with that act. So in addition to Lin-Manuel Miranda, um, Christopher Jackson is in that group. He went on to play George Washington in Hamilton. Um, so that's how those guys met the, the director, I think of Hamilton. Um, he was a friend of Miranda's from freestyle love Supreme, like the whole group, uh, at one time, the whole group, save for like one guy who had moved out West, they all got on the Hamilton ship and like became a part of that. So like what you learn through this is how the group kind of evolved over time how, what those guys continue to do, who's all in the group and what they've gone on to do, how Hamilton and that success affected the group and what they're doing today. And it's really cool to me for like two main reasons. One is that um, these are just, they're a group of guys who are like about to turn 40 and this is the thing they did in their early 20s and it's their connection to each other still. And so in like a, you know, oh, you and your old gang of pals are like turning old and getting back together. It's like really fun in that way. Uh, we just had that recently into Five Bloods, uh, and that was a great aspect about that. And then uh, the other thing is it gives you a lot of information and a lot of background about Lin-Manuel Miranda specifically, about the production of In the Heights and eventually Hamilton, and it gives you a lot of um, background information and fascinating tidbits and things um, that you wouldn't have otherwise known. One of which, uh, this this will make you, this will, uh, I think, entertain you guys. So you remember the movie Britney Runs a Marathon? And yep. there's the character who invents the bird poncho, right? That guy? <laughs> Jaren. Jaren, yeah. That actor is a member of Freestyle Love Supreme. Oh, nice. And he's actually like an incredibly gifted rapper and is an awesome dude. And uh, I won't spoil all the details of this, but at one point that guy was offered the role of Aaron Burr in Hamilton. Oh, wow. And... And yeah, because that, because like I said, he took like all of his friends along, Miranda did, and he wanted to have him along and there's, I'll let you watch the show and figure out why he, um, didn't eventually become Burr. But, um, it's a really interesting, it, it, to me, it felt like if, um, if, if we were doing this exact thing, like the three of us guys and one of us 
did a Hamilton, like we would hire the other two guys. I feel like that's, you know, when you have buds, that's what you do when you hit mm-hmm. big in a lot of cases. And that's, that's literally what Miranda did. And not only him, that's not to say that he was solely responsible for the success of Hamilton, but he like found a talented group of dudes and they created together for like 20 years. And it's just, it's a really cool, just like bro down movie. The rap is interesting and fun and there's funny stuff. Um, but it was just a cool, uh, dynamic and I've got like old groups of dude friends that still hang out and it was just nice for me in that way. So, um, I came to it as a way of, of, uh, getting my Hamilton fix, but I think if you <laughs> want a little bit of dude nostalgia, if you want to hear some funny rap and you want to get some trivia, um, watch this, it's called, we are freestyle love Supreme and it's on Hulu now. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I thought it was really interesting. So I would recommend it. Thumbs up. They do have, uh, I, I just found out just before we came on the show that um, there was a short TV series run um, of this on a net on a network that ended up going down, so the show didn't last. But there's like a ten or so episode where they did a show version of this for TV, and I'm gonna try to track that down and see how good it is. It's from like the late 2000s, um, so it's pretty old now. But uh, I'm gonna tr- see if I can track that down and check it out because the guys are funny. Mm-hmm. They're they're actually pretty good at the freestyle rap thing. I think it aired um, at 9.30s after um, the, uh, what was the, the, the magician's, magician's Secrets Revealed show that they <laughs> had on Dude, BTV. that was my favorite fucking show. The the Masked Magician Revealed yeah, Secrets. Yeah, there you go. That was my shit, dude. Oh, I love that one. I was, that was yeah. event television in the Michael House. We all got together for that shit. Co! <laughs> Magician's gonna show us his tricks, Co! <laughs> <laughs> How the hell did he do that, Co? <laughs> oh wow! So uh, freestyle love supreme you can check out on Hulu, and I think the that only supreme I want is soft taco supremes. Ooh, I would take some tacos or supreme. crunch wrap supreme. That'd be a burrito supreme. <laughs> You're in a cut <laughs> supreme. supreme. Supreme, yeah. Uh, one more movie to review, Jared, and uh, it's a, a sneak peek. It's a preview getting released. This sneak week. peek. Yeah, this movie, Sneak a Peek, this is coming out uh, this Friday on Video On Demand, and it is called She Dies Tomorrow. Um, Essentially, this movie is uh, straight up what the title says. Someone is going to die tomorrow. Um, This is kind (laughs) of a thriller drama almost, and I will say that... It follows this woman who you kind of find out more of her past, and then it kind of does almost a scattershot um, approach where it brings in her friend who then runs into a few other people who runs into a few other people. And it's kind of how the story is structured and what is actually going on with this She Dies Tomorrow. Um, I might be a little vague because there's certain things that kind of tie into how, you know, the, the themes or the message of what's actually going on in this movie, but... It's almost this weird, like, uh, how a disease can spread from person to person or this, like, idea can go from person to person where you just kind of mention something and then it kind of starts to get them thinking and then they pass it on and pass it on. Um, it's almost like the the idea of fear where it's like this one person, the main character, is um, – She's she's um, recovering from alcohol abuse and whatnot and kind of relapse. So it's the fear of that, which passes on to the next person and then their fear of something else. And it kind of continues that way. So there's an idea in there, but I don't think that they hammer it home too ideally, which is kind of funny. Um, 
the the critics on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever are giving this high praise. People out of festivals were giving this high praise. I think that this is kind of a I was I was more middle of the road kind of you know flip a coin whether you should see this or not. Um, I thought that the performances or the acting from the two kind of leading ladies. I think it was Jane Adams and then Caitlin Spiel. I believe um, they were kind of the two main ones. I really enjoyed their performances. I mean because they very much kind of have to turn into this almost zombie-like just floating through life situation because of the things that they have to deal with. And also, I will say that it probably steers a little bit into that like art housey type feel because there's very much like these flashy neon lights that are supposed to cause this unsettling feeling. And then also this like drowning score every now and then combined with those neon flashing lights. Um, it's It does have scenes that are very pretty, I'll say that. But I think that going into what I mentioned with the plot where I'm kind of being vague and they don't entirely do it as well as I wanted. It's a scattershot approach that seems very messy because it's it's jumping forward in time, back in time, between characters, and it does seem like it's kind of a mess. Um, for myself, it just didn't work for me knowing exactly where point A goes to point B to the end. I mean, this movie starts and it ends, but in between and kind of what was accomplished by the end doesn't seem like it was fully realized um and also this is a quick movie i mean i think it was like 84 minutes without the credits or whatnot um this felt like one of the longest movies i've watched this year Mm. short runtime very slow pacing and i think it's the fact that you're just sitting there waiting for something to happen or to exactly almost get a little bit of a concrete answer of like what is a foot here? Um, and you're never given that. So it's just kind of that drag through to the final scene of the movie. And again, I don't know what people are seeing in this film because I, I was fortunate enough to get a screener of this with a handful of other people. Um, and we, we've, we've kind of been shitting on it all day um, because I don't know why people are giving this such high praise like i said i'm in the middle of the road i'm i'm probably like a 50 percent flip a coin but people were giving this like 90 percent uh 10 out of 10s and stuff and i just don't know where that's coming from weird is so is this for you you mentioned the kind of scatter scattered nature of the plot and it looks a little sloppy is is there is there a a very good idea here that's executed poorly or was this a, just a bad thing to attempt in the first place I, this style? I think it's I think it's the first thing you said there's a good idea that's very intriguing and I wa- I read a few other you know reviews because the video reviews they're not really up right now it's more written stuff and I got what they were going for but I just think that the approach and how they executed it was just misses the mark entirely. Mm, that's a bummer. I, I that always frustrates me when that's the case. When it, you see a good idea that you think, ah, if with twenty percent more, would more runtime have helped, or it, <laughs> no, do they just need to no, allocate the I, time I, they had better? I I think it's just the way it was structured. I mean, again, they were they were doing some unique things of, and I'm and I'm wondering if that's what was playing into it is just like you not knowing was supposed to hammer home the message that they were trying to give you. Um, it does have a... Mm, there's, I think there's many ideas in here. It, it does paint an is- interesting thing about what would you do if you knew you were going to die tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting thing, but they don't hammer that home. Well, that, they thought there was more interesting stuff than that to explore, huh? <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I and again, I, I'd be curious if you guys check this out. Again, I could be in the minority. Um, it's it's got I think like eighty some right now. It's gone down a little bit. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, but uh, I would say probably a skip for me. Yeah. You, you've sold me on the skip. Maybe, uh, Seth, I'm not sure if you'll follow the good reviews to this one and see, but um, Jared not going know. with the herd here. Uh, a lot of folks saying good things, but uh, not 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 in the old uh, favorite bag for JB here. But uh, maybe you want to check Get it out, out for yourself. Favorite bag. Maybe you want to uh, <laughs> maybe you want to watch this on Netflix and form your own opinion. If you do, uh, let us know on the tweets or on Facebook at Soco Show Pod what you think, or you can go straight to the source at Jared Buckendall. Tell, tell Jared what you think right to his fucking face on Twitter. Do yeah, that. do it. <laughs> Yell at me and say, no, it's a masterpiece. There we go. It's a masterpiece. Um, that movie is She Dies Tomorrow, and it releases on Netflix on Friday the 7th. No, this this one is not a Netflix one. This is a VOD. Oh, it's not. VOD, yes. Sorry, my mistake. Uh, VOD. So you're going to have to pay a few bucks to see this one. Um, so do it and let us know what you think. So we had some hits and some misses this week, um, but certainly some stuff that y'all can check out this week in our reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. All right, guys. Well, we are just about to the end of yet another episode of the show. But before we go, got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. Uh, my one more thing this week is a YouTube video. Um... I, uh, I, I watch John Oliver, uh, I watch every episode of John Oliver it come, as it comes out, and I would say almost every episode of John Oliver has the quality of being something everyone should see, but especially what they talked about this week is something that uh, I think about a lot and is important to me, and, and I think is some place that we can get better. Um, basically, Oliver discusses uh, U.S. history and how it's taught in the U.S., and the biases that uh, make their way into... Um, you know, how we teach history, the way that history came to be taught this way and the, the different forces at work. Um, there's some really fascinating stuff in here that I learned for the first time, but the overarching um, theme of the piece is that, you know, if we taught history better, we would better understand, uh, especially systematic racism, but also several other issues in the U.S. So this is, uh, it's as well done as any Oliver piece. It's very, very well done and very funny and very entertaining and very informative, um, but very important uh, in a way that I just wanted to amplify a little bit. So I'll link to this in the description. And if you haven't seen this, even if you don't otherwise watch Oliver, it's great to just have, you know, thoughts about this topic. Um, so check this out. I would implore you just, just go take 20 minutes of your time and get a little bit smarter on this topic because it, it's an important one. Um, so hit that link. I'll, I'll put it in the description box so y'all can check that out. All right, cool, cool. Um, my one more thing is, again, jumping over to YouTube, definitely the complete different spectrum. This one's more lighthearted and fun and whatnot. And, Cody, I just sent you a link. Um, apparently there was a kind of a oh, – oh, okay. We're all uh, – us here, we're, we're fans of SpongeBob, right? You know, we love SpongeBob. We, we can quote mm-hmm. it. We watch and all. Apparently someone did an anime – opening for spongebob like very much like what you think an anime would be did that for the opening of spongebob now whoever this is has come back with a complete full episode of a spongebob anime and before we got live i watched 
parts of it. Um, it tackles like uh, SpongeBob's feud with Bubble Bath, but in an anime feature or style. And this thing is crazy. Like just the opening from the music and the style and the animation. Like any fan of anime and or SpongeBob, check this thing out. I think it's like twenty minutes. It is crazy. Does the theme, does it open with the theme? Can we play the theme quicker? I think the theme is maybe like a couple minutes in. Um, And the thing is the video, they break it up with like kind of advertisements selling shirts and stuff because I think that it probably took them quite a bit of time to do. Um, But let's see if I can scoot over to the, to when the time code is. I think the time code for the intro is like 2.30. Okay, so this is about to be the theme for, uh, how do you say this? Suponji Bubble. <laughs> SpongeBob Supongi- Bubble. What is it? Bubble Bass Arc, Episode One. Episode One. Here's the the theme. Like, it's straight up like the intro of an anime. This, yeah, this is pretty. Every anime I've seen looks exactly like this intro. This thing is fucking long. (laughs) (laughs) There's still like 30 seconds left of it. Okay, that's pretty sick. Yeah, um, and the thing is, like, people, I'm sure he's going to put the the uh, link in the description. Whoever this is knows their SpongeBob because there's slight little references to characters or little pieces of outfits or background stuff that is, like, in the show. Like, Doodle is in this uh, intro. Yeah, yeah, I noticed Doodle Bob. That was pretty, yeah. uh, that got me pretty pumped up. I need to... Uh... I need to show this to Gina. She likes she likes anime and and I love SpongeBob. So this is something that we can watch. <laughs> uh, I love this. Is there are there more than just just one episode of this? I don't this... know. I think that this one just showed up what uh, eight, about two weeks ago. It looks like. Um, I'm assuming that unless they get copyrighted, they'll they'll try to do more. This is cool. I'm gonna keep an eye. Out. I'm gonna subscribe uh, to this channel and and get more of this SpongeBob because this this is right up my alley. This is fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> Seth, what do you got for us? Yeah, uh, my one more thing is we were talking a little bit before I uh, before we jumped on and started recording, but uh, I I, fin- I finally finished out uh, The Last of Us Part Two. Um, fantastic game, of course, but now I'm I'm um, getting into a new game which I know is already going to take up a lot of my time, and that's Ghost of Tsushima, or Tushima. They say a lot of them say say it that way in the game, um, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, essentially like Horizon, which is a game that that I've talked a lot about uh, in the past. But um, a lot like Horizon in, in the open world and progression and stuff like that. A lot of stuff to go find and collect and and that type of thing. Um, but then with Samurai, so there's a lot of sword fighting. You you can also use an arrow, a bow and arrow, and some knives and a bunch of different fighting styles and stances and um, a lot of different interactions. A huge map. It's open world. It's uh, it's pretty awesome. So that'll be my uh, my next time my time dump. Um, Horizon was about seventy some I think seventy eight hours something like that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this has the same amount of time put into it just from the first couple hours I've played. So 
that's a you have a PS4. It's a good game to check out. There you go. Yeah, we we did talk about this, and you were getting me pretty pumped up. I think I'm going to pick this one up because uh, I like the idea of becoming a samurai and getting to custom make my armor and all the cool stuff that they have going on in there. Ghost of Tsushima. I'll link to a trailer. If you haven't heard of this, you're going to want to check it out. It's it's a pretty hot game right now. <clears throat> so we have Ghost of Tsushima. We have a uh, little anime SpongeBob SquarePants, and we got some John Oliver video this week in One More Thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. All right, folks, that's going to... That's going to bring us almost to the end of episode 155. We've got a little bit to talk about here before we wrap you up. Uh, as, we, as we roll closer to the two-hour mark, I thought we would never get to on this episode. Thank God for that amulet discussion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but big announcement time. Um, we, we've been talking about this for a couple weeks, but we're getting really excited for our upcoming three-year anniversary. Um, it's about to be next, next week will be episode number 156, which if you... You know, if you know there are 52 weeks in a year, that's three three years worth of the SoCo show. And you might be thinking, oh, um, the show actually, the first episode came out in July, Cody. What the fuck? Well, we skipped a couple weeks, and so we're a little bit late. All right? So get off our backs. Um, so the big news is we've got some exciting changes and exciting updates coming down the line uh, that will start taking place after episode 156. The first and the most exciting and really the, the, the all of it um, that we can tell you tonight at least is that we're going to be having a very special three-year anniversary live stream edition of the SoCo show. This is going to be coming up on August 20th. This is two weeks away from the release of episode 155. So uh, Thursday, August 20th at 8 p.m. Central. 8 p.m. Central, that's 6 o'clock out west, uh, if you live in my neck of the woods. We're going to be doing a live stream. It's going to be hosted over on the YouTubes, and where else would we go? At Jared Buckendall. J Buck Studios is going to have us. Uh, Jared's going to be joining the show as per usual, and uh, and we're going to hook up through the J Buck Studios channel and give you a live stream uh, extravaganza where we're, we're working on some fun stuff. We're going to... We'll do a little reminiscent, play a little game, probably review some stuff, uh, potentially have some fun guests stop by and, and all sorts of great stuff. So the big news today uh, is that live streams are becoming part of the SoCo show's uh, repertoire as it is. And guys, the fun repertoire. does not stop. Repertoire! The fun does not stop there either because this monthly show is not going to be, a, or this, <laughs> I just said it. <laughs> <laughs> This anniversary show is not going to be a one-time thing. We are going to be doing these live streams monthly now. Uh, so one SoCo show per month from here on out is going to be a live stream over on the J-Buck Studios channel. So um, for, for special occasions, for, uh, you know, big movies maybe, uh, we may move the show around within a month. But you know now that you're going to get one live streamed edition of the SoCo show every month. Uh, now, if you're out there and you're wondering, Cody, I'm used to listening to the show during the day on Thursday when it drops, um, you will have to wait a little bit extra time for the live stream, uh, this, this upcoming one on Thursday, the 20th. If you are unable to join us live, we'll be posting, uh, the audio and video versions of the replay. Um, well, the video will be available right away on YouTube. Um, the audio version will drop the next day. So that week's episode will come out on Friday, the 21st and it'll be recorded from the live stream. So that's the big exciting news. 
uh, live streams coming to the table, not just for the anniversary, but on a monthly basis now. Uh, we are, we're very excited for this. This is something that we have wanted to do for a while, um, but really didn't think it was going to be possible for us until we joined Jared's live stream uh, a couple of months ago and, and had a lot of fun doing that. So because of that and Jared for hosting us on your YouTube channel and, and through your uh, your, your streaming, uh, gizmos that you have already set up. Uh, thank you for, for helping and for being such a big part of what's going to become, I think a really fun new way for us to put the SoCo show out, but we're also incredibly excited that you're going to be, uh, present for all of those live streamed episodes. So even when schedules get back to normal, even if you eventually, uh, find other things to do besides be on our show every week, we know that we now have a standing monthly engagement with you and we're excited to have that. Yes, yes. We signed, uh, I think, a very lucrative contract, 10 years, uh, <laughs> just throwing that out there. But no, thank you. Like, obviously, this is fun. And I I actually want to thank you for, like, allowing me to put it on my channel. I mean, it's your show, but also it's like, you know, thank you for the content. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope, we hope we'll do a good job. We just recently got some... Uh, some webcams for Seth and I, so we should have some decent quality video. And Seth's already been putting his up his nose, so I'm not sure how his will look. <laughs> but uh, but we're excited for this. We think it's going to be a lot of fun, and we hope that a lot of you out there will join us live. Uh, we really want to see the comments and the chat and get to engage with you all directly. Um, you know, we get a lot of texts and messages and things after the show, but to have you guys there live with us while we do it, I think is going to be a really special treat and something that we've been looking forward to for a while. Um, there, there are potentially going to be some other exciting things, but we can't spoil everything here today. Uh, we got to keep some surprises for, for the future here, but, um, lots of exciting stuff coming up on the SoCo show. Again, guys, uh, if you missed it earlier next week on episode 156, we're going to have Lindsay Monday. Uh, we're going to do a deep dive into the umbrella Academy seasons one and two. So make sure you're caught up for spoilers on that. We're also going to get some of Lindsay's thoughts about being a Hollywood industry employee and some of the news that we've seen lately, not only around coronavirus, maybe we'll get her take on Ellen that we talked about today. Um, but uh, she's always a wealth of knowledge and we're excited to have her back on. And then two weeks from now, uh, August 20th, the first ever live streamed edition of the SoCo show, the big third anniversary show. So put those things on your calendar and make sure that uh, you don't miss all the exciting stuff coming up. Uh, as always, guys, description box is the place to go for links to all the stories that we talked about, for links to our sponsors as well. Uh, one big shout out, of course, to our anchor wankers. We appreciate y'all <laughs> supporting the show and keeping us going on a monthly basis and everyone listening to this, even just by listening, you've helped the show out. So thank you for doing that. Uh, so again, exciting stuff to look forward to, but we're going to wrap it up here today for Jared Buckendall and for the so host. I've been the co-host Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye.